0: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us on the heels of the Islanders' 3 2 win over the Buffalo Sabres last night at the Nassau Coliseum. It wasn't pretty, but it was a beautiful two points. I mean, this team needed it after dropping their last two games, and now hopefully the Islanders back on track. We'll break it down for you, tell you what they did right, what went wrong as well, and uh, look, unfortunately, this wasn't the Islanders' best game, but they needed the two points, and they got it. We'll talk about the power play. We'll talk a little bit about what This team needs to do to straighten a few things out. And later on in the show, we'll also discuss the team's lack of depth on defense, which to me, so far it hasn't hurt them, but it is a big concern. We'll also have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more coming up on today's show. Don't forget if there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, Feel free to email the show. The email address on lockedonislanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at lockedonisles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at icewars, NYRVSNYI. And look, I'm always uh, updating you on the latest Islanders news and also tweeting during the games to keep you updated and give you my insights into what's happening both on and off the ice. So, the Islanders come away with a 3-2 to win, and look, after dropping the last two in uh, Pittsburgh, they really needed to do well You're facing the Buffalo Sabres, and look, no offense to the fans in Buffalo and to the Sabres, but this is a game, when you're playing at home and you're playing a struggling Buffalo team, that you should win, and the Islanders did, but you know what? They really did struggle, uh, especially early on offensively, and you know what? That part of the game, unfortunately, that is the Islanders' M.O. That is how they play, and you go back to that first period, and the Islanders had three shots on goal in the first period. They were trailing one nothing after one, And through two periods, they had 11 shots on goal. You're not going to win a lot of hockey games taking 11 shots on goal over 40 minutes. You just aren't. And one thing that we saw that was a little bit discouraging, because you don't want this to become a pattern, second game in a row, where early in the third period, the Islanders score a goal, break a tie. In this case, it was Matt Martin getting the goal, and, you know, that breaks a 1-1 tie. Islanders go ahead, and then less than uh, three minutes later, they give up a goal on the power play. Sam Reinhart ties it, and a bad penalty uh, taken under those circumstances. Just one of those situations where you know, you shouldn't do that, and it was an uh, Anders Lee off for interference, foolish penalty, ends up tying the game, but the beautiful thing is, unlike the weekend game Saturday night in Pittsburgh, the Islanders show their resiliency, they go back on the power play late in the game, and Mr. Clutch, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, gets his seventh, it's the game winner, A nice rebound off a hard shot by Oliver Wallstrom, and if you follow me on Twitter, you've heard me talk about Wallstrom's hard, heavy shot, and one thing about a heavy shot, it challenges a goalie to get the rebound, and uh, basically, Omar couldn't get control of the rebound, it went to Pajot, and Pajot puts it home, Islanders hold on, and end up winning the game. The the good news is that the Islanders' power play managed to come up with this goal. You had another goal by the fourth line, and at least in the third period, the Islanders started to click a little bit offensively. But for 40 minutes, the Islanders spent a lot of time in the Buffalo zone, but weren't able to manage very many shots, and that is frustrating. And the frustration tends to build. Now, if you listened post-game, the captain, Anders Lee, saying, hey, it can get frustrating, but what we have to do is stick to our game and keep doing the things that we do. And that's what they essentially did, and eventually it worked. Now, here's the rub. You get 11 shots on goal through 40 minutes against a good team, the score is not going to be 1-1 to all that often. And, you know, that's the problem. You do it against a struggling team like Buffalo, you can get away with it more often than not. But, you know, the Islanders managed to pull away and win this game. Another strong performance by Simeon Varlamov. And that was the good news, that the Islanders figured out enough offense to win, and the power play came through in the clutch. Here is the bad news. This is why I'm a little bit concerned. 17 shots on goal allowed in the third period alone, 36 shots on goal given up over the course of the game, and enough of them were quality opportunities For the Buffalo Sabres. If you look at that shot chart, Buffalo had enough quality chances that if they had a little more scoring depth and they weren't struggling the way they were, uh, odds are they score more than two goals in this game. So the Islanders, my big concern, you know, there are going to be plenty of nights, if you're an Islander fan, where this team struggles to score goals. that is the way they play. Defense first. Be smart in your own zone. Back check. That's the Islanders' way. But can't give up 36 shots on goal. This this game overall, if I'm going to sum it up, the Islanders played down to their competition, but still found a way to win the hockey game. And And there is your good news, bad news. The good news is that they won the hockey game. The bad news is... They actually played a better game Saturday in a losing effort than they did last night in a winning effort. And hopefully this is something that the Islanders get straightened out and they get a little tighter in their own zone and are able to do uh, you know, play more of their game consistently over the course of three periods. And they better, because their next game coming up is the Boston Brewers Thursday at the Coliseum. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Islanders' lack of depth on defense and why I feel that could be a problem before the season is over. We've also got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions uh, and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, you can go to rock, rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Islander fans, betting on the Islanders doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. So, The Islanders have now played 18 games this season, and through 18 games, the Islanders have had the same six defensemen in their lineup for all 18 of them, and I'll tell you why this is a little bit of a concern for me. I look at the roster. I look at the depth chart. Last year, the Islanders, by the time the trade deadline came, could go Eight deep on defense, at least after Adam Pellick returned in the bubble. You had a situation where this team acquired Andy Green as insurance, but Green and Dobson were essentially your seventh and your eighth defensemen last year. You had Pellick, Pulak, you had Mayfield and Taves, and then you had Boychuk and Letty, as your top six, but you knew in the bubble, when they were all healthy, at least, that if something happened to one of those top six guys, that either Andy Green and or Noah Dobson was ready to fill in to whatever extent, for a game, two games, five games, whatever it was, and you saw that even when Johnny Boychuk was hurt in the playoffs, the Islanders still went on that long playoff run. The depth was there. Well, this offseason, because of the salary cap crunch, the Islanders had to trade Devon Taves to the Colorado Avalanche, and Johnny Boychuk unfortunately, had to retire as a result of that serious eye injury that he suffered uh, late last season, and it was affecting his vision, and and essentially... You know Boychuk realized he wouldn't be safe for him to play anymore without risking permanent damage and, and injury. But if something happens to the top six defensemen, the Islanders' depth is not as much of a sure thing as it was a year ago. If something happened, to one of the top six defensemen. And obviously, we hope nothing does. But the next two guys up are Sebastian Ajo, who has played 20-something games in his NHL career and hasn't been called up to play in an NHL game for a couple of seasons now. So Aho was last up and played in the NHL during the 2017-2018 season. That means he spent the last two full seasons in Bridgeport, where he's been an all-star, no question about that. And then this year, he's sort of alternating between the taxi squad and the AHL, but he's yet to play a game for the Islanders this year. And, you know, I get the feeling that the Islanders feel like, Aho is a quality AHL player, but maybe a 7th or 8th NHL defenseman at best. And, you know, the fact that they seem reluctant to use him uh, or even get him into one game is a bit of a concern. And then the next player on the depth chart is probably Thomas Hickey. And then the question with Hickey is, could the Islanders afford to bring him up? for more than a game or two, because they are still squeezed against the salary cap. And we've talked before about the Islanders' need to try to free up a little bit of cap space if they're going to try to make a move and add a player at the trade deadline to fortify their offense. Well, if they're going to do that, they are going to need to... You know, not have a guy like Thomas Hickey up very much, if at all. Hickey now 32 years old, and, you know, look, he still is an experienced NHL player, but Hickey hasn't been up to the big team since 2018, 2019. So, you know, he spent last year and this year in limbo, mostly because of the salary cap. So, the Islanders have a choice. They could go with Aho, who has 22, 21 games of experience. They can go with Hickey, who causes salary cap issues. You know, you could bring up Hickey or Aho for a game or two, but neither one of them right now fill you with a lot of confidence if, you know, heaven forbid, that the Islanders lose one of their top six defensemen, for an extended period of time and the reason that this is such a concern to me is that this is a defense first hockey team the islanders do not have the firepower to beat you by scoring five or six goals a night night in and night out they're going to win 2 to 1 3 to 2 1 to nothing and like they did last night 3 to 2 over buffalo but in order to play that style, they need top-notch goaltending, and they need both their defensemen and their forwards to be back playing smart hockey in their own zone. And if they don't have the depth at defense, and somebody is hurt, and, and they have to call on an unproven player, that is going to be a big challenge. Not insurmountable, for all we know, Thomas Hickey could still be an effective defenseman if they could fit him in under the cap. Sebastian Aho may come up and prove that he's good enough to play in the NHL, but they're not known quantities at this point in their careers, uh, and, you know, you have the cap issues with Hickey, you have the experience issues with Aho, and the other thing about Ajo, he's more of an offensive defenseman than he is a defensive defenseman, so what happens if There is an injury to a defenseman. It would be a big issue for the Islanders based on the style that they play. And then I wonder if at the trade deadline something happens that they would have to try to acquire an experienced defenseman to try to finish out the season if they lost one of those top six guys for an extended period of time. When we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll look. A little bit more at last night's game. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, you got to check out betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season may be over, but right now you still have the NBA, college basketball, and of course the NHL. They're all in full swing And maybe you want to use your knowledge of the New York Islanders and the NHL to make a couple of extra dollars. BetOnline even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They'll give you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you put in $100, they'll add $50 more to your account absolutely free. BetOnline.ag is your place for all your sports betting action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of Black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a Black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you Get podcasts. Right now it's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we're going to go back to an original Islander, Lorne Henning, who actually turned 69 years old yesterday. So, uh, a very happy, belated birthday to Henning. And Lorne Henning, the second ever draft pick by the New York Islanders, he was selected in the second round, 17th overall. Uh, in the 1972 NHL draft, and, you know, as a center, Henning was more of a, of a checker than he was a goal scorer, never really established himself as a scorer, but boy, was he smart with the puck, and a good, sound, positional hockey player, never scored more than 13 goals in a season for the Islanders, but always made a key contribution, and if you ever Want to know why Lorne Henning is so remembered in Islanders history. First of all, in addition to being an original Islander and winning two Stanley Cups as a player, he was also an assistant coach with the Islanders in the early 80s and then again in the 90s. And he was later spent two stints as head coach of the Islanders, took over after Al Arbor retired the second time back in 1994-95, but did not make the playoffs, then came back and coached again uh, at the end of the 2000-2001 season. So here is a guy who has been an assistant coach, a scout, a player, and he's done so many things for the Islanders organization. And by the way, he is now been named a scout for the new Seattle Kraken team. So, uh, Lauren Henning still in hockey as we speak, and he's been there since uh, 1972 in the National Hockey League. We're going to go back and look at one of his great moments as an Islander. In addition to the assist on Bob Nystrom's first Islanders Cup-winning goal back in 1980, we're going to go back to February 1st, 1975, The first season that the Islanders made the playoffs, and Henning was a big part of that. Islanders playing the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit at the Old Olympia, one of the classic original six buildings. Islanders going with Billy Smith in goal. Who was in goal for the Detroit Red Wings that night? How about uh, recently resigned Penguins GM Jim Rutherford? No scoring in the first period, but Bobby Nystrom got the Isles on the board in the second, his 18th from Dave Lewis and Burt Marshall, just two minutes and one second into the second stanza. Then Gary Howitt got his 14th, Bob Nystrom and Andre St. Laurent with the helpers at two nothing Islanders after one. In the third period, Detroit got close. Jean Hamel, his fourth, from Bill Hogaboom and Nick Libbett. At 5:56, made it a one-goal hockey game. But with the Islanders short-handed, Lorne Henning awarded a penalty shot. He comes in and beats Rutherford to score on the penalty shot. His second goal of the game, at a uh, second goal of the year. Excuse me. At 9:59, Ed Westfall adds an insurance marker at 16:43 with assist to J.P. Parise and Jude Druin. Islanders come away with a 4-1 win. Big, big goal by Lorne Henning, our Islanders' birthday of the day. A shorthanded penalty shot goal for Henning, and the Islanders ended up with a 4-1 victory. So, happy birthday to Lorne Henning. A couple of quick thoughts about last night's game. First of all, obviously, got to talk about the clutchness of Jean-Gabriel Pajot as he netted the game. With- for the team lead in goals. The other thing that I wanted to mention, though, was the face-off work in this game by the Islanders. As a team, once again, the Islanders getting the face-off work done. They won more than 54% of the draws, but in particular, how about Brock Nelson? 14 face-offs he took in this game, winning 12 of them, Great job by Nelson. And that is one of those things that, unless you sort of study the box score and look at it, you're not going to know that a guy like Brock Nelson and a guy like Jean Gabriel Pajot, who won nine out of 12 faceoffs, they did a few things there that really helped this Islander team in their 3 2 win. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss more Islanders-related issues, including what does this Islanders team have to do to get their offense to click a little bit more? You can't spend so much time in the offensive zone and only come away with three shots on goal, like the Islanders did in the first period. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!